I'm Ryan Jones. And I'm Ashton Yanez. And you're listening to the Stampede Podcast. Welcome back to another edition of the Stampede. Ryan Jones, Ashton Yanez. Week one is in the books. So happy the football's back. Very happy. Oh, very, and it was such happy. a great week one, too. So many good games. So many, so many good games. And a lot of them were closer than I expected. We're just going to make it even harder now to predict this week's oh, yeah. games. Uh, I was looking over at the week two games, and uh, oh, there's some interesting ones. Some that I honestly have no clue who I'm going to pick as of this moment. But, you know... We did micro predictions last week. I'll let you know how we did right now. Ashton, you went eight and eight on your predictions. Sorry. I went nine and seven. So okay. Only a game difference. Only a game difference. Which yeah. game did you up me on? Um. Well. We, or we did, did we just flip flop? We flip flop some of them. I think the the big one was uh, the Vikings Bengals game. Yeah. I chose the the Bengals at home. Uh, kind of. I kind of went out on a limb there and just kind of you know. It was a 50-50 game. Yeah. So. We also we both got the the Bills game wrong. Obviously, they played the Steelers. Yeah. Um, we both got the Chargers game wrong. Uh, we both got the Eagles Falcons game wrong. We both did pretty horrible this week. The other one that I went up with you on, um, one that I got right, uh, I picked the Texans at home. You went with the Jags. Um, now, which one did we flip flop on? You picked the Cardinals. I went with the Titans. And yeah, yeah, they that yeah. was a ugly pass game. rush was definitely the difference, was it not? <laughs> yeah, it was a. Uh, My goodness. I mean, Kyler Murray having five touchdowns also helps. Yeah. Whew. All right. Well, let's get right into it. Thursday night football tomorrow night, or I always do this tomorrow night for us. Later on this evening, by the time this comes out, yes, for all of you beautiful human beings that listened. Uh, you know what? Actually, I did want to point this out to uh, you. Uh, I was looking at the uh, statistics of our last episode, and we had 40 downloads of that episode. That's nice. like the most downloads I've ever had in an episode. I was very happy and surprised. We're moving on up in the world, yeah, baby. Yeah, you know. And to, moving on up. And to people, you know, they're going to be like, oh, it's just 40 downloads. What the hell? That's a big deal to me, you know? I, I appreciate all of you that listen to the podcast. And I know that I'm not one of those 40 people because I don't listen to Yeah, I'm podcast. not one of the 40 either. I don't listen I'm not, to the podcast not, app. So, so it's not actually 38 like people think it is. No, it's actually 40. Yeah, shout out to the bros, Nick, Steven, Ozzy. I know you guys listen. Shout out to you guys. Really appreciate it. Um, let's get on to Thursday Night Football. Giants at the Washington football team. This one, if it goes wrong, I will be really surprised. I think it's going to be Washington. I mean, it's one at Washington. Two, this defense is still really good. I mean, Chase Young is the leader of it, and he's only a second-year player. So, I mean, they, they got all the right things. I know the Fitzpatrick injury yeah, is that's kind a of a deal. big concern. you mm-hmm. know. But Tyler Heineke, he's proven to play on games that are important. I mean, this team was only down a possession to the ending up being Super Bowl champions. So, I mean, this team's still good. This team, under Coach Rivera, has all the right things going, and the Giants, to me, are just still a mess. Yeah. Still a mess, um, as proven against their against the Broncos last week. Yeah, me being a Bronco fan, I was uh, – I thought Denver would win that game, but I didn't think it was going to be as ugly as it was. It was uh, 27-7 to at the end of the fourth quarter. The Giants scored a touchdown as time expired to make it a closer game, but – 
Um, no, for it was all, bad. For it was, all intents it was and purposes, beating. Denver basically won by three touchdowns. Yeah. And um, the real thing to me was that how bad the Giants' offensive line was and how non-factor of that Saquon Barkley was. Now, And I know that Denver has a good defense, and that's what they've been predicated on for years now. But outside of Von Miller, Shelby Harris – it's not like that they're like one of the upper echelon defensive lines in the NFL. Like most would make it, at least for me, I think Ed Rusher, Ed Rusher is a concern for the Broncos, you know, and even to tackle outside of Shelby Harris, you don't got much. So it was a big concern to how bad the Giants offensive line is. I don't think they stand a chance against the Washington defensive no, this, this one four first round picks this on the should be a, line. this should be another type of like 30 to 7 27 to 7 i don't know see i actually like disagree with you on that you think i think it's gonna be like a i think oh, it's gonna be higher no i think it's gonna be like a 14 to like three ball game i think it's gonna be really ugly i think that washington struggles to move the ball because for one they're down to a backup quarterback i haven't seen enough from taylor heineke to really say yeah this guy can make the playoffs like for all i you know, we're going to talk about Dallas later uh, in their game against the um, – who do they play again? I will, I will say this. Dallas is definitely the favorite to win the NFC East, but this Washington team, as bad as it is that they did lose Fitzpatrick, them being like B minus C plus at quarterback, it's not abnormal. And so for Heineke, you know, if he just plays mediocre, if he just does his job, which under Rivera's system is what it's all about essentially – Mm-hmm. This team's still the Washington football team. Surprisingly, nothing much has changed, even though they did yeah, lose their starting quarterback. Do you think there will be any um, potential quarterbacks that go out and sign? I've seen RG3 post some stuff saying he wants to go back to Washington this season. Um, I don't think that happens. I think Cam Newton's more of a, more of a possibility. Um, but right now they do have Taylor Heineke and Kyle Allen, who's so, who has shown some things in the past. He's had his good games. He's had more bad games than good games. But um, this, yeah, to me, I, I wouldn't go after sign Cam or RG3. I mean, I would like to sign RG3 more than Cam Newton. Um, I, I, think um, the, I think the story there and the headlines there would bring so much attention to your franchise as far as an owner's perspective. Um, I think I would sign RG3, but I, I wouldn't sign Cam. I, I don't know. I think RG3 is already a little bit up there in age. Like, yeah, he's a little bit younger than Cam Newton, but at the same time, you know, I just it, – it'd be a different system. It wouldn't be the Gruden system that was ran there when he was a Redskin or a Washington football team player. So – Let me check something. RG3 is 31. How old is Cam? Cam's like 33, I think, 34. Cam's 32, so he's, there's only an age difference. Oh, it's so a one-year age. Yeah. I thought um, older. To be honest, I wouldn't really sign either of them. Um, I, I, honestly, if I'm watching, out of the two, if you had to pick one, who'd you pick? I'd rather go with RG three. I because I, I don't think either of them are better than Taylor Heineke as of now. So they're just a backup, and I think RG three brings more tickets. Well, the thing is, they have Ron Rivera. So I think if anyone knows how to coach either of those quarterbacks, you know, I mean, to me, Cam Newton would probably be the better fit, just because he's. He already knows what to expect from Ron Rivera. And Ron Rivera already knows what to expect from Cam Newton. Uh, one more thing. Are the Giants the worst team in the NFL? Um, you have to think uh, of the other teams that are going to be up there with man, them. The Lions, on, the Texans, the Jaguars. Honestly, to me, it, it, it's it's sad because they have Saquon Barkley. I love Saquon Barkley. And I, think I love the Galladay. The, the defense is good, though, too. I'd say it's a it's, flip between them and Detroit. Okay. I, I think I Detroit disagree. just lost their corner. That was a top five draft pick yeah. last year. Okuda wasn't very good, though. 
But still, um, I mean, that's just, you know, I mean, like, that's already an L for Detroit on top of their loss to the Niners. So it's it's kind of a flip between them. Mm. Bo- both offenses are lacking talent. Both defenses exist but aren't scary, terrifying. They're, it's um, still easy to get scored on. I think the Giants, I don't think they're the worst team in the NFL, but I think that they are definitely uh, contending for a top five pick this year. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no yeah. Um, When we get to who I think the worst team in the NFL is, I'll definitely say it when we go down the schedule. Um, but let's move on. Well, actually, we can't move on yet. Who do you got? Giants-Washington? We both got Washington, right? Yes. Okay. Um, staying the same for this one. Uh, the Sunday morning games. First one on the slate, Raiders at the Steelers. Probably the two weirdest games of the week was the Raiders against the Ravens and Buffalo versus Pittsburgh. Um, for... On the Pittsburgh side of things, I think that Buffalo kind of dominated the game as a whole, like like throughout the entire game, and then they just, I think they had a blocked punt, and that's that's. It was how it a really went. close game, but I will say that the fact that Pittsburgh kept it close and then find a way to pull away in Buffalo tells me that this team is not as bad as I thought they were going to be, and the fact that in certain plays, because I did watch their game, the receivers they actually outplay the corners, like they were. Getting separation, one one of those receivers even mossed. I mean, it was actually scary to see how good these receivers were. And I think that was something Big Ben and Mike Tomlin were hoping would eventually happen to where these receivers were all, one, getting in sync, getting on the same page, but two, putting all their effort into the plays on each and every down rather than uh, run or pass. Yeah, well, we, we've known that the Steelers have had they, – they definitely have one of the best receiving cores in the NFL. Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Juju – and I believe Eric Ebron's on the team as their tight end. So yep. they, we know we know they have one of the best receiving cores in the league. But if you look at the just the overall team stats, Buffalo dominated in every single category. Uh, outgained them by 120 yards total. Yeah. Um, over about 80 yards passing, um, 50, 60 yards rushing, and they dominated time of possession by almost seven minutes. And I think the only reason the Steelers win this game right here is because of the block punt they had. To be completely honest with you, I just don't see. I, I, people are going to overreact to the fact that it's Pittsburgh and, you know, they have the great defense. But Big Ben just didn't look very good. Like, he didn't look good. No, but... His arm shot. No, but his receivers did, and that's scary because... Yeah, I, I just... It's, it's, I don't know. It's one of those things. I will say this. They played better than the Ravens did. In Ravens? My, yes. I Ravens. disagree. I disagree wholeheartedly. Now, they also played better than the Raiders, which is why I have the Steelers beating the Raiders, too, on Sunday. I, I got the Steelers, too, I think. Um... I let's talk about the Raiders Ravens game. Um, it, was, it was just one of the weirdest games. Um, I think in the final fourth quarter overtime period, there was about f- seventy turnovers with the, between the two teams. Right. It was completely back and forth. And the, the big question to me is just: Can the Steelers' defense contain Darren Waller? Because I don't think anybody can. Um, he had twenty targets in this game, which is holy moly. If you have Waller on your fantasy team, that is incredible to you. Um, I don't, unfortunately, but, you know. Um, I just don't know what the Steelers – I know as good as the Steelers' defense is, I don't know if they could stop Waller. Like, what are you going to do, put Minka on him? I don't think you can. It, well, it's – the one thing that the Steelers do have going for them, though, especially in this Raiders matchup, is that their whole front seven will get to Derek Carr Yeah, the, faster than Darren Waller will get open. Yeah. Um, now, I'm not saying it's going to happen on every play. I am saying it's going to happen 
on like 60, 65% of those plays. My thought process is if the Ravens' front seven could get to them, the Steelers are going to be that much better because the Steelers' front seven and pass and rush is and better than the Ravens. And so. that's the advantage I can't ignore, and that's why I'm predicting the Steelers beat the Raiders here. Yeah, I don't even know if the Raiders are going to be able to move the ball with the offensive line. No. Alex Leatherwood looked horrible. I mean, he did not look very good whatsoever. Um, so, yeah, we're both taking the Steelers there. Moving on, the 49ers at the Eagles is in the next game. Um, Eagles dominated Atlanta 32-6, um, to six, a game that I don't think all of America outside of Philadelphia saw coming. No. Um, it was just surprising to see how bad Atlanta looked. We'll talk about them later. But um, I don't know if the Eagles' defense can stop – Kyle Shanahan's offense. They put 41 on the Lions, who probably have a around the same level defense, I'd say. I think the one thing that the Eagles do have going for them is that they're actually healthy this season. So they do have one of the best offensive and defensive lines in the league when they are healthy. Um, but, man, I, I just think the Niners are just, just going to be too much for the Eagles. Yeah, Niners to me are just really overpowering. They just need to learn to finish sooner. I mean, Detroit was definitely in this game longer than they should have been. but I, I don't put much stock into it. I'm just But like, I think Kyle Shanahan will fix that real quick. Yeah. I think, you know, there's a reason why he's one of the best coaches in the league, especially for how young he is. And so, yeah, I think the Niners, they definitely take care of business. I do like where the Eagles are going, though. It's safe to say that their new head coach – knows a thing or two about football. Yeah. You know, I feel bad because everyone kind of, like, punked on him in this first interview because he just, he just seems like a socially awkward guy. But at the same time, he is a person that just knows his football yeah. and figured out how to have a good game plan and get executed by a second-year quarterback and a rook- with rookie wide receiver and knowing those were two of your probably, if not the best players on your team. Yeah, Devontae Smith looked great. Um that Alabama want, connection, yeah. shocking. I was gonna ask. I was gonna ask you. Are you are you sold on Jalen Hurts yet? He went twenty seven for thirty five, two sixty four yards, three touchdowns. Um, I'm not sold, and I'll tell you why. And then I'm. I want to know if you're sold on him yet. I'm. I'm not. His average depth of target in this game was around three yards, which means it was a lot of dinking and dunking, and basically mm. just taking occasional shots down the field. And look, I understand if that's what the, in, well, that's what the game plan is. Um, Nick Sirianni, the head coach of the Eagles, comes from the Indianapolis Colts, right? Yeah. Um, where he was like an offensive coordinator, maybe an offensive assistant, something like that. A very similar game plan to what the Colts had this week, which we'll talk about, where it was it's a lot of throwing to the running backs. We saw it last year with Phillip Rivers. Naheen Hines and Jonathan Taylor actually led the Colts in targets this week um, with Carson Wentz under center. So... I think it's going to be a very similar scheme, and I just don't know if that's a winning formula in the long run because when you're down, you can't just keep dumping it off to running backs. Right. But it, so I don't really know. I'll say this. I think right now, under the right system, he can be that guy. Luckily, you know, Nick's running a system that right now is working for him, and he's – I think he's still learning how to be that franchise quarterback. It's still only a second year. He He's a guy who had to bounce around a lot of programs just to get some playing time. I mean, it was super competitive in Alabama, obviously, with, oh, I don't know, Mac Jones and Tua, you know, who are both franchise quarterbacks. So he he's definitely learning how to be his own, and I think he's doing really well at it, and I think the system right now just works for him. 
And I'm just cheering for him, really. Just down the road, I think he can be the guy. It's just making sure he stays in the right systems, you know, until he learns how to do everything. So with all that positivity for the Eagles, we're both taking the Niners, right? Yeah, we're still taking the Niners. <laughs> Sorry, Eagle fans. Yeah. Sorry, Philly. But I, fi- I figured that. Niners are just too solidified already. They know their identity. Both They have two good quarterbacks, and both quarterbacks already know how they're going to be used in this league. So Texans at the Browns. I think that the Browns are going to absolutely dominate this football yeah, game. Yeah, Cleveland will probably make um, I They dominated. I mean, I think they dominated the Chiefs for about three quarters there. They, they, they had really a lead. Did. They had a lead in the fourth they quarter. They had the dub. They had the dub. If it arrowhead. wasn't for that muffed punt, they might have come out with a win. Um, obviously, you're still punting the ball to Patrick Mahomes, so you don't really know if it was know. 65% chance, and then it was 89% as soon as the punt was blocked, and then as soon as Travis Kelsey caught the ball, the game was over. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I there's not much I want to talk about here. Um, the Texans, I don't think that they are the worst team in the NFL any longer. I think who they played is probably the worst team in the NFL. Jacksonville. In the Jaguars. So you'll think they'll be back-to-back number one picks? Um, it's looking like that for me. I think so. Um, I think I don't. we haven't really gotten to the NFL draft process yet, so I couldn't tell you who they're going to pick. <laughs> um, probably midway through the season we'll start getting in the mocks and whatnot. But um, overall, yeah, I'm just not a I, – I don't think Urban Meyer is going to work in the NFL for one. We're, you know, let's hold off on that conversation because the next game we're we're both taking the Browns, right? Yeah. Okay. The next game we're talking about is the Broncos at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, so let's get into that conversation. Urban Meyer just—I don't know if he knows what he's really doing here. I think he's still learning about his players. That's yeah. why I think it is because in the NFL, everything's a little bit more complex. Just with the few, just. Even teams that run, like, only a third of the formations as, like, a college football program does, all of them are more complex. All the plays that they translate into their own language becomes more complex. The audibles become more complex because at that point, every audible just sounds like a fake or it just sounds like it's just part of the cadence. And everything that's part of the cadence sounds like an audible. So, I mean, there's there's a lot more strategy as well as a lot more teaching involved in the NFL. And I don't think Urban Meyer was as ready to do that much teaching in the NFL as everyone thought he would. And even me, I thought Urban Meyer would be one of those guys who would make a smoother transition into the league because he is considered one of the greatest coaches, especially in college football of all time. I mean, he did so much for so many programs there. But Again, I think he's he's definitely learning right off the bat that he has to teach more. He has to implement more. He has to strategize more. As, as great as he was at doing that for Florida and Ohio State, he knows now he has to do that so much more in the NFL because the talent now is a lot more even across the board. Even against the Texans, the Texans' talent is still there. You know, it's just little disorganized. But the Texans are already, you know, reestablishing mode. They're already re-strategizing. So, yeah, I mean, if Urban Meyer doesn't implement more teaching and f- do some more strategy real quick, then, yeah, this could be his one and only season in the NFL, but only time will tell. So when he signed Tebow, I think that he lost some credibility with his players. And there was a lot of talk about that, when, that when, when he cut him. Um, there was a talk when he, cut, when he cut him, that's what he had to do to get that credibility back. Um, 
I don't know what the reasoning behind behind signing Tebow was, whether it was because we're not there, we're not in the locker room, we don't know, no. right? I don't know if it was, you know, he's a good locker room guy because we all know Tebow. That he's a good locker room guy. He's got the mojo. Well, Tebow's a good guy in general. Yeah, he's just a good guy, right? Good he's guy, a good guy. Tebow. Yeah. He's a great guy. So and I feel like something similar is going on right now with Carlos Hyde. Why is Carlos Hyde starting and getting more carries than James Robinson? What 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 is the reasoning there? He's not as good as James Robinson. He doesn't look good on the field. He's old. He's not he's not a, an NFL starting caliber running back yet. I, James Robinson is. And you're telling me that you spent that first round draft pick on Travis Etienne just to have Carlos Hyde the as a starter? I know Etienne's hurt, but the, like seriously? The, the it clo- just it doesn't make sense. And like it, the same thing kind of happened with Houston where Mark Ingram is starting over Philip Lindsay. It doesn't make any sense, right? But it, it's what happens. But at least that Mark Ingram doesn't have any connection to the Houston staff, I don't think, right? So, and maybe he does. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, let me know. Right. Well, let maybe, me know. Maybe, if I maybe am. he's good. Maybe the running backs coach there was part of the Ravens when he got drafted. Maybe, or maybe. maybe a coordinator's there that but we used to coach. My point is, Carlos Hyde is not one of the 32. Yet he's probably he's probably not even one of the 50 best running backs in the NFL. Why is he starting over James Robinson? Wasn't who, he a backup in Seattle last year? I don't know where he was last year. That's the point. There's no reason that Carlos Hyde, just because he played with Urban Meyer at Ohio State, should be starting right now. He's not as good as James Robinson. We saw James Robinson last year on a horrible team. He was the only good thing that they had. Yeah, and, you know, bringing that up and then the Tim Tebow thing, to me this tells me that Urban Meyer, the only reason any coach would ever go backwards in personnel and bring in players that are either – about to go off their prime or have already left their prime. Or never had a prime. Or never... Tebow never had never a prime. Had, <laughs> or never had a prime that stood out. Well, not necessarily NFL, just like athleticism uh, in general. Okay. Just that from that point is because you want to bring back players you already know. Because you're... Because, again, back to... You tried... You don't want to teach more. So he brought back players because he had a system in place that he already used in Florida and Ohio State. And he's like, if I can just get the players that I already recruited, if I can just get the players that have already won me football games who are still at the same age as players that are either about to leave their prime or still just in the league just to fill up holes, then, hey, maybe I can just get something going and I can just out-strategize. When in reality, the talent in the NFL – because there's only 32 teams, not 128 like there is in Division One college football. It's all strategizing. Like, yeah, we know some players are better than others. But you got to know, if you have a player that has these skills, you got to strategize with that. If you, got, if you know you're playing this other team and you know that they have these players that have those skills, you got to strategize around that as well. You can't just say, here's my system and it's going to work because you're not Ohio State anymore and you're no longer having scheduled teams like an FCS school or Northwestern or Michigan State. Like These are all talented teams. These even, are the best of the best. Right? Even the worst and you're in the, the AFC South. That's as bad as it gets in the NFL. Yeah. That's as bad as it gets. Yeah. So, yeah, again, and that's and I've seen it before in the NFL. Chip Kelly did this in the Eagles, all Pac-12 players. He tried to sneak in an Oregon player every now and then. And we saw eventually he just could not stay in the NFL any longer. Now, granted, the NFL's evolved quite a bit where I think someone similar to Jim Kelly could do okay. Yeah. But, again, th- that was the last time I've seen 
a former college coach enter the NFL and focus on players that he recruited or bring in players that he at least tried to recruit. Mm-hmm. So it's a system that has proven time and time again not working because the NFL already has too much talent put into their systems. So it's just all strategizing. And Urban Meyer, again, has to strategize or he's not going to be in the NFL that long. Simple as that. Let's talk about the Broncos side of the ball. <laughs> a little more cheerful now. Um, Patrick Sertan is going to make his first start for the Broncos. Good for him. Yeah. And he played. It's, he's already played so well in the preseason. And he should have been starting from the get-go. Yeah. Well, he's an Alabama football player. He, he, he was um, already an NFL starting player since, you know, 18 years old, 19 years yeah, old. Yeah. A lot of the time he was only on the field when they ran a lot of dime packages. You know, he was basically that fourth DB. Yeah. Uh, fourth cornerback playing a lot of slot and stuff. So, um I, the Broncos' defense looked very good against a really bad offense. But we know that Denver is going to have a good defense here in a year out. I'm not really worried about the defense. What I want to talk about is Teddy Bridgewater and how solid he looked. Is, is he back? Well, Is think, he back or is he just... I think pe- people give Teddy a hard time. He was really good with the Vikings. He was really good with the Saints. And he had one bad year last year in his career. He's had one bad year in his career. Right. Granted, he's not like a star NFL quarterback, but he had one bad year last year with Carolina and because he was hurt too. So right. I just, it's just all about health at this point. Cause I think if he stays healthy throughout this year, he's going to have a good year. And the Broncos have a decent offensive line. It's not one of the right. upper echelons, but it's a decent solid group. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of people are putting Denver in like their top tens of the power rankings and whatnot. And I'm, uh, I'm not going to go, go that high. That's what I'm saying. I'm not going to go that far. I'd be 13 I, or 14. I'd put him around the 18th mark probably if I had to guess off the top of my head. Um, so yeah, I, I, I mean, as a Denver fan, it, I haven't felt this good about a, fo- my, a Denver football team since Peyton Manning was playing on Denver. And that's saying a lot because it's been a long time. Yeah. 2015, right? Yeah. Um, Whew. yeah, it's been a long time. It's been a minute. Um, it, the only thing I worry about is if Teddy's not the franchise guy, um, you know, I made this argument a while ago. He's only 28. So it's not like he can't be a franchise quarterback still. Right. He's still um, got at he least looked, four he or five looked, good years. The Vikings would not have Kirk Cousins right now if Teddy did not get hurt and tear his, every single bone in his leg or whatever right. the hell happened to him, right? <laughs> uh, excuse me. Um, so I think there's still a chance. It's up to health, and boy, I tell you, we're, we're watching the games. Um, you know, we're watching Red Zone, and there were just some throws that he was making that I was like, damn. Right. I, I tweeted that if if Mahomes made some of those throws, they'd be on Sports Center for a week. They'd be the lead on every single talk show. But Teddy does it, no one bats an eye because it's the Broncos, and it's not the Chiefs, it's not Mahomes, it's not one of the top-tier quarterbacks. I, I hope that Teddy continues to put people on notice because man it's just funner to watch a good Denver team it's just funner to watch especially with all the uh talent they have at wide receiver and tight end Jared Judy did get hurt um, he did get hurt yep yeah, best case he... scenario it's a high ankle sprain out for four to six weeks so probably gonna end up being six to eight weeks which on know. camera it looked a lot worse I thought he... yeah we both thought he like shattered his ankle yeah I, I thought his he pulled a U. Yeah. That's what we thought. No, yeah, he his foot was pointing where it shouldn't have been pointing. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, glad, glad that it somehow came out to not being broken, dislocated, fractured, 
And those are some flexible bones, just man. As, yeah, my bones are not that flexible. Um, yeah, if something like that were to happen to me again, because for those who are who the don't only know people us yet, that, the only for those who don't, don't know me yet, I broke that leg uh, that I thought Judy broke, and yeah, I that that was that's why I thought he broke it because that's what mine looked like when I broke it. <laughs> so no, uh, so happy for him. Um, hopefully he bounces back, comes back healthy as ever. And he looks so good. He did. He looked so freaking good. He, he was is. open all the time. He is. And he wasn't dropping the ball like he was last season. No. He was unbelievable. It sucks so much, man. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming we're both taking the Broncos. Denver. Yep. Yeah. Sorry. So, man, I feel bad, too. I like Urban Meyer, but he's, he's already regressed faster than I thought. Or at least he's already, like, getting smacked in the face by the NFL harder than I expected. Yeah. Um, Saints at the Panthers. Saints had a really good game. They did. They have um, a good game plan. The, Pan- the Panthers beat the Jets, so it's not like it's that impressive. But um, Sam Darnold looked really good. So did James Winston. The two quarterbacks uh, in my hot takes or whatever, I had, you know, they're both going to be in franchise quarterbacks. So they are both off to a good start in that Improving me wrong, yeah, uh, proving well, me correct campaign. Well, I, I mean, Dar- Darnold has a talent to where if he's in the, under the, he's part of the right franchise or just part of the right system and coach. I mean, he can be that guy. And I think Matt Rule, who's been great at rebuilding programs throughout his coaching career, even back in college. Same with James, though. Yeah, well, we've seen James throw for five thousand yards and thirty touchdowns. Well, now that he has it was Sean, just thirty freaking picks go yeah, along with but it. But now you know? he has Sean Payton, and he's probably still good friends with Drew Brees. So that kind of helps on learning how to be a really good quarterback in this league. I so want to talk, either way, yes, yeah. I, I do think both these guys are on pace to become, you know, the stand, at least the standard at franchise quarterback, just being talented enough to where if you're in the right system, you can last, you can win games, you can make the drives that matter the most. And, yeah, they both did awesome, and it's going to be fun to watch them both now play each other, especially in a division game. Yeah, this is a really interesting matchup. Um I thought Christian McCaffrey looked back to his normal self. Yep. He had about 80-plus uh, rushing and 80-plus receiving yards, doing it both through the ground and the air. He was the leading receiver and rusher for the Panthers, if I'm not mistaken. He is so damn good, man. So good. Definitely I, on pace for comeback player of the year. Yeah, definitely. Um, I have him as my offensive player of the year. So, um, and so, so essentially at this point, it's which team has the worst defense. Yeah, and I want to talk about the Panthers' defense because we know the Saints' defense is really good, right? Yeah. I think this Panthers' defense could be really legit. Like, granted, they played the Jets, but the Jets do have some talent, man. Um, we'll talk about the Jets in a little bit. I did not expect them to hold their ground that well against Zach Wilson. Yeah, Zach Wilson played Zach Wilson pretty played good. well in the preseason. And, it was, and he has Corey Davis. He, he also played well in this game, too. Yeah. Um, he did throw the pick, but he, he played well for the most part. This Panthers defense, though, let me just tell you some of the names they have on their defense. So on the D-line, they got Brian Burns, edge rusher, Hassan Reddick, edge rusher. Um, defense tackle, we all remember Derek Brown, high draft pick. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, they have Shaq Thompson, at linebacker. Yeah. And in the secondary, they got J.C. Horn and Jeremy Chin, yeah. who was – Jeremy Chin was one of the candidates for defense player of the year last year – or defensive rookie of the year, excuse me. The, the, Low-key, the Panthers have – built up a very, very solid group. Brian Burns is already one of the best edge rushers in the NFL. He's only in year three, I think. Um, and Derek Brown, solid defensive tackle. Hassan Reddick, we saw him last year with the Cardinals. There's a reason that he 
got out because he's a starting caliber. He didn't want to be behind Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt, right? Right. Um, we all know we we think what me and you think about J.C. Horn. We like J.C. Horn. We covered him all the draft season last year. Um, I'm assuming, and we we all know Jeremy Chin and Shaq Thompson are very close this to elite. This defense is super talented. It's just young, but I think that's perfect for and Matt Rule because he's still, Matt Rule's a defensive coach. Yeah, too, and he's still you know he's. Still just laying the foundation, essentially. You know, he's just trying to make so, sure he gets all of the his guys. And we talked about the kind of process that Matt Rule goes through. The first year is bad. Second year is solid. And then the third year, whenever he's rebuilding in the rebuilding process, his team's like a contender. This is year two. So I think that the Panthers could be a very solid team and maybe sneak into that seven seed. Um, it's not like they're in the greatest division outside of the Buccaneers. We don't know if the Saints are going to be good. You know, it's been one. It's one game. We don't yeah. know if Jameis is going to regress oh, back to Oh, we're going to learn the, a lot about these teams when they play each other. That being said, I'm taking the Panthers this week. Ooh. I think this is a really good offense. It is in Carolina. Well, I mean, I think it was the defense, not And I think this is an elite defense. I think this is a defense that is going to shock some people, and it's going to finish the season as a top-10 defense in the NFL. I'm taking the Panthers. So, so you think this is Matt Rule's year, huh? I, I think that they could sneak in as the seventh seed. I don't think it's their year because of Tampa Bay, right. well, obviously, yeah. in their division. They're not going to win their division, but I think that they are a sneaky, sneaky good playoff team. They're like the Denver of the NFC. They're a sneaky good team where they could sneak into the playoffs. I'm going to take the Panthers with the upset over the Saints. I'm assuming that the Saints are favored. Um, I'm going to take the Panthers with the upset. I know you're not going to. I know this is. I know you're not going I, to. I, so. I don't want to split a game with you, but I just don't see New Orleans losing to Carolina after manhandling Green Bay. That's fair, man. In a neutral field. That's fair. <sighs> yeah, I, I'm gonna say New Orleans, but man, yeah, this game's just gonna be fun to watch. It is. I, I'm. I'm looking forward to the Panthers winning. Uh, Rams at the Colts. Very um, interesting matchup. The Rams look legit. They do. They Matthew look really Stafford. good. I mean, we shouldn't have been surprised that when you good, put a good quarterback on a good football team, good things tend to happen. Mm-hmm. But this is a guy who's been in the league for over a decade. So we're like, oh, man, he's got to learn a new system. Oh, he's got a head coach that's darn near half his age. Oh, man. <laughs> half his age. <laughs> okay, not half his age, but definitely a lot younger than his past coaches, I think. Yeah. And so it's just like, oh, man. Well, But then at the same time, it's like, Oh, he actually gets to have more say now with coaches because he has a coach that's going to respect him more. Oh, he's going to be playing in Los Angeles where the weather's good 364 out of 365 days out of the year. Yeah. Oh, he has one of the top defenses on the other side of the line of scrimmage. He has a really good receiving core. Oh, he's got a receiving core that's always on the same page. The fourth best receiver is Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. So. Who, even though... Doesn't get as many touches as he used to. Athletically, he does not look like he passes prime. Yeah. Like, he still looks like Deshaun Jackson. So, I'm so happy it worked out. I really am. Yeah. One, because Matthew Stafford's on my fantasy team. He's my QB one. But two, I've wanted him to have a good team. I've wanted hey, him to be on a good I... team for so long. He played so consistently good in Detroit with all that he had around. I mean, the best player... Which, yes, Hall of Fame, Calvin Johnson. That was his only good player. That was his only good player. Yeah, he had Galladay at receiver a few years back. But, like, his only solid 
player that he got to throw the ball to that everyone else at least acknowledged on national television was Calvin Johnson. It took a Hall of Fame player just for him to have a good teammate. So, yeah, oh man, I'm just really happy for him. Yeah, I life's good. I I mean, you know me. I've always been a Matthew Stafford apologist, constantly saying he's a top ten quarterback, constantly getting hate for it. Um, but man, he looks so good, and I'm just happy to report that I am correct. He's a top ten quarterback. Um, Carson Wentz also looked pretty solid. He did. Um, I talked about he's it earlier. He's back with Frank Wright, so that's nice. I talked about it earlier. Um, I think the Colts are just still trying to find an identity at their offense and trying to figure out how good Wentz is and what they can do, can and can't do with him. Um, he didn't have an interception in this game, so I think that's a huge plus. I don't know if he had any turnover-worthy plays, like any drop picks or you know anything like that. So take it with a grain of salt. He just threw to the running backs a lot. I mentioned earlier. Well, he had to. He leading, played an NFC West team. The the leading target getter or what you know the leading targeter was Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines. I get Naheem Hines. He was a good receiving threat last year, right? Jonathan Taylor's not that guy. And he still had I could check right now. He still had He still had He was the leading receiver. He had 6 catches for 40 yards Jonathan Taylor was. And Nahi Nine had six catches for forty-eight yards. So each of them had six catches. They the most targeted, most res- like for Michael Pittman guys. I have Michael Pittman on two, both of my fantasy teams. I think it was a disappointing day. I mean, right. he's on my bench, but I was really hoping for that Michael Pittman breakout, and it still might happen. Well, you know what though? That, I mean, that's just Frank Reich's system, and it it works. You know what I mean? Like Nick Foles was on a Super Bowl winning team and was Super Bowl MVP under this system, so we know it works. And, yeah, it's not as exciting. It's weird. Obviously, you would think the wide receivers would lead the team in receiving. But yeah, at least the in NFL targets. is, you know, again, the NFL, as staggered as it can be because of how talented everyone is, as I just brought up about with Urban Meyer, strategizing sometimes means also just stretching out your good, your best players and making them even more versatile than what people say they are. And so it works. I, you know, as as it weird work. as it looked, it works. Yeah, it works. Now the and really the reason they lost is because they had to play Russell Wilson and a solid NFC West team week one. I mean, this is a team that doesn't have to rebuild. This is a team that doesn't have to wait on one more free agent to come in. This is a team that already has the same head coach and the same starting quarterback, and the defense is now not near Legion of Boom, but it's at least now full of veterans and. The coaching staff all around's better, and the offense, which Ryan, I know you've talked about how bad it used to be because it was just so weird for Russell Wilson, uncomfortable and not modern. Yeah, we'll talk about that though. It's it's now modern. It now looks normal, and Russell Wilson thrived in it. Mm-hmm. And so, when everyone's on the same page and everyone's talented, and you're playing in a division where winning that division means you're probably at least a two seed in the NFC East, or the whole NFC. Yeah, it's going to be hard to win, especially even if you're playing at home. But I think the Colts got a lot going good for them. Um, unfortunately, they're playing another NFC West team, and I think they're going to lose that one as well. I'm going to take the Rams as well. We're agreed on pretty much everything so far, except, except the, for except the Saints-Panthers game. Yeah, Bills at the Dolphins. Um, Josh Allen didn't look very good against the Steelers like his normal self. He still racked up more rece- or passing guards with the Big Ben, but... Um, 
tough start to the schedule for him. Has to play the Steelers' defense and the Dolphins' defense. Um, and now you're going on the road to Miami. That being said, I'm still taking the Bills because I don't think two, <laughs> I, I don't think Tua is very good. No, and Tua I mean, didn't look very good at all. You know, the Dolphins. Mac they, Jones looked a lot better than Tua. They, you know they do, and and also the Dolphins have not that fumble happened by Damon Harris. They probably would have lost the Patriots. Yeah, and the Patriots. Don't get me wrong; they got a lot going good for them. Mac Jones has definitely proven to be that guy. He's making all the right decisions. He's making all the throws. That he proved he already made in, in a, Alabama. Yeah, in a debut, already, in a debut by the rookie, yeah. uh, he had the highest completion percentage in NFL history, yeah. like seventy-seven point eight percent of his throws. You should have bet, uh, you know, for your hop takes, you should have been like, you know, top five in completion percentage instead of yards. But you know, see, but that one for me was not going to be a hot take because it's a New England Patriots quarterback. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like we all we used to joke about Tom Brady being the checkdown king, and saying how. No one else can throw that two yard. You know, what I mean, like you know, those were funny videos that we used to laugh at a lot. I mean, so we shouldn't be surprised that Mac Jones is going to do it because guess what? He's already been groomed to do his job to be an NFL quarterback. He played at Alabama, where everyone's an NFL player, and he has Nick Saban, who is Bill Belichick's closest, one of Bill Belichick's closest friends, and you know, uh, for, a former coworker of his. So the transition for Mac Jones is smooth sailing. And so yeah, I mean, I will uh, I, I will say this: this game, I, I want the Bills to dominate it because on paper they should, but this Dolphins team doesn't look half bad either. But I, I will take Buffalo. With I'm gonna you. take Buffalo on the road. Uh, yeah, I I figured we agree on that. I just don't see Buffalo starting 0 and 2 on their season. I I don't either, so. and I I think all the mistakes that Buffalo had last week they'll fix. Yeah, another uh, AFC East matchup: the Patriots at the Jets. Um, I fully expect the Patriots to come out with a win here. I think that it'll be very comfortable. I think Mac Jones looked the best out of any rookie this week. We haven't seen Trey Lance and Justin Fields yet. We saw them a little bit, um, but we haven't really seen them play a whole game yet. And Mac Jones' Rookie of the Year campaign is off to a great start. He looked awesome. Um, Zach Wilson looked good against the Panthers too, don't get me wrong, but um, I'm going to take Mac Jones, who is in the better system better players around him and the Patriots defense I think is just worlds ahead of the Panthers as much as as much as I talked up the Panthers is the Patriots defense right and so I'm gonna take the Patriots on the road here yeah I think this is gonna be one of those games that finally gives us uh, an actual good reference for how the rest of the league will look out because yeah Zach this the Patriots defense is gonna be the first solid defense that's full of veterans, and it's coached by Bill Belichick. So this is going to be the first solid defense that Zach Wilson's going to face this year, and he's get to face them again. So it'll be interesting to see also down the road how he adapts Plus, it and all that. there's all that. But, Belichick against a rookie quarterback is just not fair. It hasn't been. He, his and now that he has this. his quarterback, yeah, I just see the Patriots just too much upside. I mean, all the advantages are like the margins are barely favoring New England, but New England dominates on all of those advantages. So – Across the board, New England's gained the win. I still think it'll be just one of those games that will be like maybe like 10 points or 9 points or something awkward like that just because it's an AFC East game. But, yeah, I see New England. Just too many advantages that they have over the Jets. We're both taking the Patriots there. Bengals at the Bears. Oh, man. That's an interesting one. Um, I thought the Bengals looked pretty good for the most part. The offensive line for the Bengals – Protecting Joe Burrow remains kind of hit and miss. He was sacked about five times. So And now they gotta deal with Khalil Mack. 
Yeah, um, and it, but it's not like the Vikings don't have a good defensive line. They still have Daniel Hunter. They don't, but they don't have Khalil Mack. Yeah, they don't have Khalil Mack. So my my thing is, and you know, it's not like the Bears' defense looked really good anyways versus the Rams. Um, that all being said, I'm going to say one thing. Just start Justin Fields in this game. He's not going to face an easier pass rush. That's true. The whole season. You might as well just start him now. Later on in the season, it's going to get a lot harder with who you're going to have to face. You're going to have to face the Packers, the Lions, who both have decent pass rushes. The Vikings have a good pass rush. So just you know, just you start Fields. You, you know how weird this is for me? If Andy Dalton starts, I think we're going to see another similar 50-50 game between Cincinnati and the NFC North team. I think if Justin Fields If Justin play, Fields starts, I think, I think Chicago win. has all the reasons to take the win. I mean, Chicago, I'm going to take the Bears regardless. Yeah, I, I'm... I'm gonna take the. I just think the Bears' defense is that much better than a little bit better than Minnesota's, and I think Matt Nagy's just. I, I think he'll just figure it. There. He's a good strategist, you know. He, yeah. he knows how to work with what he has. I like Matt Nagy. Um, yeah, I'm so not one of those Matt Nagy haters. I don't think they'll I, let if you Jamar can make, Chase get downfield as much as the Vikings did. If you can make the playoffs twice with Mitch Trubisky as your quarterback, then I think you're a good coach in my book. Yeah. Um, Jamar Chase though looked really good. Um, he did. So we're both going to take the Bears. Bears. The yeah. Bears. If, uh, uh, we need to see Justin Fields at some point, man. The Bears. Um, moving on to the Sunday afternoon games. Falcons at the Buccaneers. Um, Bucks. We're both taking the Bucks here. Bucks. The Bucks had four turnovers against the Cowboys. I don't think that happens again. Um, the Bucks secondary, though, Getting a little thin, man. A lot of injuries. They had a lot of injuries. injuries. They had a lot of injuries. Yeah. I mean, Dak Prescott took advantage of that. Um, but. And the Falcons just looked so bad against the Eagles. They looked really bad. Yeah. Which is surprising. Yeah. You know, I mean, they the, offensively, they look great. I mean, they have Calvin Ridley. They have Kyle Pitts. That which, first drive, Atlanta looked really good. Yeah. And then after that, they just, I don't know what happened. I mean, it's. Which is strange because I wanted to talk about Arthur Smith when we get to the Titans. To me, it looked like the Titans missed Arthur Smith with okay. their offensive game plan. But then you go to the Falcons and they or they just looked horrible, you know. Right. So it's it's weird that you know. It's I don't like know. it's almost like Arthur Smith and Derrick Henry needed each other. Yeah, because Henry didn't do because now that they're separated, neither are doing. Good. Neither are doing. Well, I mean, it's only week one. Yeah, but yeah, it looks like they just needed each other. Hey, man, certain. Coaches and players. Maybe it's like just Matthew Stafford and the Rams. Yeah. You know what I mean? They just perfect match. Well, they just need each other. I mean, Stafford, man, if only I had a really good football team to play for. And you know, the LA Rams, man, if only we had a quarterback with ten fingers instead of nine. Oh, okay. We figured it out. Never mind. Apparently Sean McVay and Stafford made each other in Cabo and figured it out. Nice. Yeah. I think Atlanta needs to move on, rebuild. Trade Matt Ryan in the offseason, just tear the whole damn thing down. Uh, we're both taking the Bucks here. Bucks. Vikings at the Cardinals. Not much I really want I'm to taking, talk about. Honestly, here. I'm taking the Cardinals. I'm taking the Cardinals. I'm taking the too. Cardinals. Kyler looked. I don't think so Chandler Jones will get 85 stacks this season. This <laughs> season, even though he's now on pace two, but I don't. You can't stop one without stopping TJ Watt or JJ Watt. Excuse me. Yeah. You can't stop one of them without the other. And then just this whole defense just looks so much better. Linebacking core looks good. Zayvon Collins, looks good. Isaiah Simmons. They're yes. pretty stacked. Buda Baker. Yes. They looked really good. And again, Collins is a guy who I knew would get drafted in the first round, 
but for Arizona to just go ahead and just snap snag them, I was like, oh, they're really wanting their defense to be solid because for them to just get a solid middle linebacker like that and take that jump for a guy who didn't even play in a Power 5 conference, I was like, they, they're all about defense now. They know that they got to stop Russell Wilson twice a year, Matthew Stafford, and the Rams offense twice a year. And then Trey Lance eventually, obviously. And then eventually Trey Lance with <laughs> George just... Kittle and Kyle Kuzcek and Debo Spaniel and oh, oh, yeah. So for the Cardinals to say, we're investing on defense this hard, and for their defense to destroy the Titans like that, yeah, I, until they play – NFC West teams, I'm going to take them seven times out of ten. Yeah, Kyler looks great. Uh, a lot of people have him as the MVP before the season, so I would five imagine. Touchdowns. Yeah, five TDs, four in the air, one on the ground. D-Hop looked great as usual. Um, I was really high on Isaiah Simmons two years ago coming out, you know, kind of a positionless just athlete, right. defensive player coming out of Clemson, and I'm so happy they figured out how to use him. He looked great in this game. Um so we're both taking the Cardinals there. Yep. No, no real surprise. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if the Vikings won, though. Titans at the Seahawks. Uh, Seattle. Could be a very lopsided matchup if we see a repeat performance of last week because I think Seattle's better than Arizona. All they're going to do is put Jamal Adams in the tackle box and say, go find Derrick Henry. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Seattle kind of had control all game against Indianapolis. We'll let two other Russell, people double up on Julio Jones. You get Derrick Henry. Yeah, Russell Wilson looked great in his uh, new offense. Yes. Um, a lot of play action. Tennessee has no pass rush. Yeah, Tennessee doesn't have a pass rush. Tennessee's defense and their offense line was just really bad. Um, you know, Arthur Smith just, I don't know, man. Maybe he needs Derrick Henry. Maybe he. They need each other. There's just, yeah. some, there's just some coaches and there's some players that just need that one thing. What Where Ryan Tannehill really excelled with Arthur Smith as his offensive coordinator was the play-action game, which I thought that Smith failed to set up with the Falcons. So maybe whoever the Titans' offense coordinator is now can figure it out. But Seattle's defense looked really good against the Colts. So, um, you know, I said that they're one of my Super Bowl picks to start the season, and they are definitely off to a really, really good start. Um, The defense picked up right where it left off against a pretty good Colts offense. So. Well, taking the Seattle, Seahawks there. Yeah, Seattle just looks too good. And, again, all these NFC West teams are just stout. Yeah. Um, Cowboys at the Chargers. Very, very interesting matchup here. Um, Justin Herbert looked really good versus one of the best defenses, if not the best defense in the NFL. Um, ignore the numbers. He had a pick. You know, he led a final touchdown drive um, that sealed the deal, you know, Great back shoulder throws and double coverage to Mike Williams. Um, he just – Herbert looked so good. And, um, you know, some people had him as their MVP pick. You have Staley as the coach of the year so far, um, looking like a really good pick. Uh, the defense showed out for the Chargers. Um, on the other side, Dak looked great. So I think this is a really, really interesting quarterback battle. Um, this could easily be a shootout. Because it could easily, easily be a low, very low-scoring game. It, it, can be, it, it can go either way. That's the scary thing. Well, I, I shouldn't say it. I don't think the Cowboys' defense can stop Herbert. Will stop Herbert. And they I lost think, to Marcus Lawrence today. Did you see that? Yeah. Out for the season. Oh, oh yeah. So, broken foot. And so it makes it easier Their for – Their best defensive player. So it makes it really easy for the Chargers to just attack the middle of the field. Because as long as their corners are out in the perimeter, 
I mean, they can just attack rookie Micah Parsons all day, especially with Austin Eckler in the backfield. Yeah, you're basically going to have to pick, you know, play monkey in the middle with Micah Parsons and then have Eckler, you know, on this check down routes. And then you have Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. Like, right. who can you cover? Right. It does. I'm going to take the Chargers here. I'm going to um, take the Chargers. I do as think well. the Cowboys are the favorite to win the NFC East with the Fist Magic injury now. Um, maybe Heineke balls out and proves me wrong, but um, I just think that the Cowboys' offense is. I hope be, Heineke does. I really like him. I, mean, I do too. His last name is a beer. Makes him, <laughs> makes him cool. You don't even drink beer. Ed, you know what? It doesn't matter. It's cool. Okay. Um, Herbert looked great, though. We're both he taking did, the Chargers. We're taking the Chargers. It'll, it'll be a fun game to watch, but yeah, I think the Chargers are now better than we... <laughs> Sorry, I got the hiccups there. Holy crap. Ooh, that snuck up on me. Oh, my God. Anywho, yeah, I think the Chargers are now better than we expect, especially now that the coaches and the players are now just all in sync. So this team, to me, just looks like a playoff contender. Sunday night football. Chiefs at the Ravens. Very interesting matchup here. Chiefs. Um, The Ravens just riddled with injury. Yep. If the Ravens don't figure out their run game, it's going to be over sooner than later. Well, I mean, I I thought they ran the ball fine against the Raiders. They were back and forth with the Raiders. Yeah. Let's face it. This Raiders team, to me, still on, and not even just because it's on paper. They the Ravens almost had two hundred. They look worse. I yeah. They, Raiders they, look worse. Matt Crosby showed up at the right time. I mean, that's great. I'm a Raiders fan. I'm happy that they got the win. But man, they were messing with my emotions for too long to say that this team is now better. No. And in Baltimore, they're still hurting in the running game because guess what? They're out of running backs. They're out of them. I, I think the Ravens have a real shot to beat the Chiefs here. Um, I don't. I I think they have a shot. It doesn't mean I'm not going to take them. Um, the Ravens outrushed the Raiders by about 100 yards, 189 yards to 82. So it's not like they didn't run the ball. They almost had 200 yards on the ground. I think the real issue was with the turnovers and the fumbles. Um, it was, and their offensive line just wasn't giving Lamar the pass protection he needed. Like you said, Crosby was kind of all over the place. Right. Yannick Ngakwe had a pretty decent game. And the only reason they got 189 yards, is that what you said? 189 yards to Oakland's 82. It's because Lamar Jackson still is one there, and he can still run, and he had to run for his life because, as you said, the press protection fell. Yeah. But then, you know, two, they still ran, what, out of their, what, 45, 50 offensive plays, 38 of them was still run plays? Lamar threw the ball 30 times. Um, 30 times? Lamar was the leading rusher. Uh, Tyson Williams, the rookie running back that we saw break away on that one touchdown run. And that was only because Jonathan Abrams or whoever was playing safety or corner. I don't it was know. probably Jonathan Abrams. It was probably Jonathan. <laughs> oh, it's because he wasn't there in the gap. Yeah. That Raiders backers and Jonathan Abrams, they were, not, they were on goal line stance. You know what happens when you're in goal line stance and you still give up a, what was it? I don't even know. It was a 50-plus yard touchdown. Yeah. Right? It was something huge. I don't know. It was on a fourth and one play. It was fourth and one, and you still get – you know what I mean? That, that's more the defense messed up than the offense because you should not – that's the one defensive personnel, group, formation, play, whatever, that should not allow a 50-something-plus yard touchdown. So part of me thinks that we're kind of overreacting to the Ravens' loss here because it's only week one, and part of me is like freaking out on the inside for the Ravens. 
Um, to me, the Raiders you, are worse, which means the fact that the Ravens lost in overtime. Granted, it was in Legion Stadium. Granted, they have a lot of fans. And granted, the stadium is nice and pretty. And, you know, Bruce Buffer is pretty impersonating or, you know, kind of gives you the chills every time he says, it's I don't time. Think, I don't think anyone's saying that the Ravens are better than the Raiders because I don't think anybody thinks that, right? I'm not saying that. I'm saying the Raiders, to me, are that bad to where if the Ravens are barely pulling out a win against them, rather than it's home or away, I don't care. I just don't see them content, even staying with Super Bowl contending Chiefs. I don't know. I think it might be a case of the uh, Monday overreactions. Chiefs are healthy everywhere. Yeah. They're more talented I, everywhere. I'm taking the Chiefs, Chiefs, like you said. I think that the Ravens will have close to 200 yards on the ground again. because They don't, will. Because the Chiefs just don't have that great run defense. You saw what Nick Chubb did to them. Right. With, and Kareem Hunt. Right. Um, so I think the Ravens can... Maybe play the ground and pound game, keep the ball away from Patrick Mahomes, you know. And maybe the defense kind of shows out like it did in the first half against Oakland, um, where, you know, we both thought Ravens were going to run away with the game until the second half. So maybe the Ravens can just, you know, it's another week without those guys that got injured. You know, they kind of got injured last minute, so they had to implement different game planning and stuff. Last second, uh, when Marcus Peters and Gus Edwards got hurt. So, you know. I think they'll be fine in the long run. I don't want to overreact too soon, but this I week it'll be a blowout. But I definitely but this see the week, Chiefs just pulling away, at least by the fourth quarter. Yeah, this week I'm going to take the Chiefs. In the future, I'm sure the Ravens will be fine. All right, last game on the slate: Monday Night Football, Lions at the Packers. God, Green Bay looked horrible. They did. That and being said, I'm going to take Green Bay. <laughs> Obviously we're gonna take obviously we're gonna take the Packers, right? Green Bay looked terrible. They got trashed on. Somehow James Winston threw f- five passing touchdowns without even getting two hundred yards passing. But we're gonna take Green Bay. I mean I feel bad for Detroit, because no matter how We're not gonna pick them a single week of the NFL season. You really think they're gonna redo the 08 record? Well, actually, it's going to be worse just, now because there's eight, I'm 17 not, games. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that we are not going to pick Detroit a single week to win the end of this, this season. They might pull out a win, maybe. But we're not going to pick them to do it. What's, what's the line schedule? If they play at Jacksonville, I would consider picking them. You know, uh, let's, let's check it let's, out let's real just quick. Do, let's just, since we're already getting near the end, let's just have fun with this. Look at the line schedule. I'm curious. I have it up. Okay, so they have the Bears next week. That's a loss. They have the Vikings. That's probably a loss. They, can, they might be able to upset the Bengals. They have the Bengals at home. Okay, I would take see. the Lions there. Let's see. So I would take the Lions uh, at, at home against the Bengals. Ravens will be a loss. Bears will definitely be a loss. Vikings will be a loss. Bengals. That's the one I would say. I would say I should take, be a loss, but it could go either way. I would take the Lions at home over there. Rams will definitely be a loss. It's in LA. Too, I think Eagles are a coin flip. Yeah. Steelers loss. Browns loss. Bears lost. Lost. They're losing lost. to Denver. They're losing to the Vikings. Lost. Definitely losing to Broncos. I think it's definitely a, losing to the Cardinals. I think it's a coin flip against the Falcons. Penny Sewell can only block either Chandler Jones yeah. or JJ Watt. I see like maybe two wins. Maybe. They, they could sneak a win against Green Bay. They usually do. They usually split one. They usually split with Yeah, Green they usually Bay. do something like that, huh? It's just, is it going to be the beginning of the year or the end of the year? I see about two wins. I think they could probably get the Bengals and the Falcons maybe. All right, you know what? At most, I'm taking the Packers at home. I'm going to give them Green Bay, and I'm going to give them the Eagles. Oh, yeah, the Eagles are a coin flip, those too. Are, those are my two wins I'll give them this year. So max wins, I would say four. So you know what? 
I am going to flip with you this week, and I'm going to say Detroit gets oh, the early win. Oh, my goodness. Because even after week two, I don't think Green Bay gets it all together yet. Oh, my Lord. I and can't wait. And the fact wait. that Green Bay got beat so bad I cannot that wait they the put back. in Jordan Love and the fourth quarter, and the fact that they gave up five passing touchdowns without James Winston having to throw 200 yards. You know, dude, I cannot wait for Green I Bay mean, to come out and just dominate this game and win like 42-0 to zero over the It Bonds. should go that way. It should. Devontae Adams is going to have 200 yards and it three should. touchdowns. And I hope that, and I hope that does what – I hope that, that you're take, happen. You're, you're for real. You're taking the Lions this week. I mean, show me when – was, when was the most recent year Green Bay swept the Lions? I don't think – I think they swept them last year. Pretty sure. Was it last year? I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Um, I don't know. I feel like for some reason the Lions sneak one every year. And I'd rather it be early than late. I think that I'd rather say they sneak one late because whoa, whoa. that's the last game of the season. Maybe Packers oh, can rest their starters. Oh, it is the last game of the season. Packers can Ooh. rest their starters. Jordan oh, Love plays. Yeah. Take the Packers. Be, the, be smart. <laughs> then again, we've agreed on almost every single one except one pick. So, Which one was that? Uh, the Saints, and the, Saints and the Panthers game. You took the Saints. I take the Panthers. Yeah. I don't know. Just take the Packers, bro. You don't want to fall too far behind it is in this the, record. It is, the, it is the last game of the year. Packers and Lions. You don't want to take. You don't want to fall too far behind. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's too early for a really bad team to beat Green Bay. Yeah. <laughs> All oh, right. All gosh. right. I'll play it safe, and I will predict that Green Bay gets the win. I think oh, Green Bay dominates. I think Aaron Rodgers gets they so should. pissed I hope off. They do. Hell, I hope they put Randall Cobb in and he gets his five catches for 105 yards and two yeah, TDs. That's not going to happen. It, I, I would love it to happen. That is, that is and not, not just league. because I dropped him 15th in my fantasy league. 15th round, for those who are listening. Round. We're not stupid. Yeah, not 15th overall. No, I did not <laughs> choose him over, you know, like Mike Evans or anything, though. Mike Evans not did not have as bad. Yeah. Not looking as bad. Note to self for those who have uh, Mike Evans. Do your research. If the opposing team plays cover two, don't even use Mike Evans. Because Tampa Bay don't do that either. Just putting it out there. They don't run slants with the X receiver. I don't know why. Maybe next don't. week. Maybe next maybe week. Maybe they'll implement it next week. I'll be pissed if they do. But you know, maybe next week we can um Try to get an extra episode of the podcast during the week and then... Um, just do one completely about fantasy? Yeah, just do some fantasy talk, man. Just some fantasy talk? Just yeah. Some, I'm, I'm too some, invested in fantasy this year. I, I mean, I am too, obviously, because now I'm in the same league as you. Yeah, we're in the same league and... Our, I know it doesn't matter it's our if family I scored league. the most points in our league. Yeah, I lost this week because my receivers absolutely crapped the bed. Devontae Adams, Calvin Ridley, and Terry McLaurin didn't do anything. And I know that those of you that are listening are like, how the hell did he get all three of those receivers on our team? If you knew the people drafting <laughs> in our league, you would understand we, why. The league was it was a lot more fun than serious. Uh, it was very serious to me. I, well, I, I, took it, too, I took it too seriously. I know my, step, my stepdad tried to make it serious, but the problem is he had the same plan as you, but you drafted sooner. So every time you made a draft, he was like, darn it. I was like, Oh, let me guess. You and Ryan watch the same podcast. And he's like, yeah. Yep. I'm like, yeah, well, you're like fifth. He's like third in the draft. I, I so. had the third pick, yeah. Got Camaro with that. Camaro played good week one, so, um, obviously. But, but yeah, yeah, we sh- I, I agree. We should definitely do a fancy thing just to make things more fun and get more content up here and all that fun stuff. Yep. 
So yeah, I, I think that's pretty much it. Are we? Are yeah, we we're good? good. We're good. Um, see Solid. you guys next week. This has been the Stampede. Bye. Hello. I don't know. We, we <laughs> <haven't>, <laughs> Hello. We still haven't figured out an outro, and it's pissing me off. Okay. Oh well. Bye, guys. Bye.